Some extreme savers seem to have spun out of control, but they may be on to something. Hey guys, I'm pretty excited about today's topic, extreme savings to get to retirement in better shape and faster. Eric Powers with Sky Blue Wealth back in your earbuds to talk about extreme savers and how these outlandish money-saving methods can help you. Don't worry, I'm not suggesting you dry your used paper towels like the folks on that reality show about super cheapskates. That was on TLC, I believe. But if we lay out all the ways, some extreme, that people save money to help pay off debt and build a safety net, it's helpful for all of us to be more creative with our budgeting, right? It's funny how information that's not quite right for us can still get the wheels turning to assist us. For example, how many times have you had a thought about how to solve a problem when you were in the midst of reading or something totally unrelated? For me, I've used a tip on how to write better financial topics to help me keep good habits, and they have nothing to do with writing or financial. The mind is strange and powerful, so get ready for some proven methods to save more of your income and some that I don't expect you to try, but may spark other ideas that help keep more money in your pocket for investing or paying off debt. Let's jump in with a couple of stats that may surprise you. The average household expenses in 2018 amounted to $61,224. How much of that was spent on entertainment? $3,226. Obviously, that's not all from Netflix or movie subscriptions and cable bills. Entertainment includes getting out of the house and doing real activities with your family. And some of that stuff will shred your wallet. Been to a ball game lately? Parking and tickets are brutal, and that's without making contact with Frank, Mr. $8 hot dog. But family time is important, and getting outside of your four walls is a healthy thing. So how do extreme savers handle entertainment? Let's get into it, starting with my take on cable. Once Netflix came along, I was out on live TV, mainly due to commercials. I don't need a magic eraser from Mr. Clean that's going to change my life. Plus, all those channels that we never watched. Shopping networks east and west coast options, on and on. Some satellite bills can be well over $100 easily. So if you can get live sports without paying outlandish money for channels you don't want, you can save hundreds of dollars per year by streaming only. And that money can be used to pay off credit cards today, then invest to pay for cruises one day soon. As for the truly extreme savers, I first read about somebody not owning a TV on purpose about 25 years ago. The couple said they had too much living to do and didn't want to be distracted by TV that kept them on the couch. They saved money on TV, the TV stand, and the monthly costs to watch that TV. I've also seen where families start watching DVDs, and they get them all for free at the library. This saves money and protects your valuable time. You can limit yourself easier with DVDs as opposed to TV shows that automatically start when one show goes off. Don't believe it? If you've ever kept a DVD of your favorite movie around, how often did you go to the trouble of getting up, sticking it in the player, and watching? Not too often, I bet. A constant stream of programming makes it hard to resist watching. Oh, quick tip, you can set Netflix to not start another episode automatically if you want to avoid watching too much TV. As for live entertainment, there are cheaper ways to enjoy sports or music than paying to see the big stuff. The average tab for three tickets to see the New England Patriots is close to 400 bucks. Ouch. But many folks say that high school football is the purest form of the game. And parking is free and tickets are about 8 to 10 bucks. 
What about music concerts? There are live bands who play local spots where you don't need a ticket at all. Best of all, you won't have to wait in endless lines or wait in traffic to leave like you do a giant concert. Smaller venues are definitely cheaper and in many cases more enjoyable due to the smaller size. Just so that you know, I don't advise avoiding fun for the sake of a dollar. Enjoy life and your family. It's just good to know that you have free and cheap options to make memories with those you love, some of whom you'll be helping send to college one day. Okay, moving on. What's in your wallet? Better yet, what's in your cabinets? Some of the thriftiest people find gigantic savings by not overspending on groceries. Yes, you're right. The ones that clip coupons 22 hours a week would be better off working those hours because that is work. But the other methods are more sensible in many ways. Some savers refuse to buy junk food because it's so costly to a budget and to our health, which affects our budget later on with medical bills. Potato chips are generally the most expensive food the average consumer buys and the least filling. You really can't just eat one. A good tip is if you can resist junk food while in the store, then you've won that battle. No matter how bad you want those barbecue chips after the fact, you're not going to go out near bedtime to snatch up a bag, most of the time anyway. So use your willpower while in the store so that you don't have to watch it crumble at home with those chips or cookies sitting in your cabinet. As for other household items, there are tables of extreme savers never buying paper towels. And come to think of it, those are pretty costly. These thrifty consumers use cloth towels like the old days. The first paper towel wasn't invented until 1931, or 1879 depending on which source you believe. Paper towel controversies can be messy. Sticking with cloth cleanups? You can save 5 to 10 bucks a week, maybe $120 a year. Again, this won't buy a private island, but this shows you the possibility of little rocks and big rocks and how they're piled up. Here's proof. $100 invested in Berkshire Hathaway in 1964 would have been worth an eye-popping $2.74 million at the end of 2019. Wow. That stat is pretty inspiring and shows what the habit of saving can do if you think long term. Now the next tip is a mental hack that you can do to work on every time you think of something that you need to buy. Whether it's a new bass boat, or a winter coat, or new heating and air system for your home. Just remember to ask yourself a question before any purchase. Is there an alternative to this purchase? Well, you can't escape the gas pump, but questioning yourself can save you big money on other items over the next 10, 20, 30 years. For example, that shiny new bass boat will be worth 20 to 30% less in the fifth year if you own it. So the question is, can you buy a five-year-old boat and save 25%? Also, are you really going to use the boat enough to justify a purchase? Maybe going out with a guide three times a year will be cheaper, and to be honest, you will catch more fish. Also, consider types of fishing where you wouldn't need a boat, such as trout fishing. Now look, I know this wouldn't convert a Bassmaster into a trout guy, but it does show how the act of thinking harder about things we buy can save huge amounts of money, and without missing out on the experiences. I've watched lots of fishermen on YouTube hauling in all kinds of fish from a kayak. A very nice kayak, mind you, but not a $70,000 vessel you'll have like at a boat dealership. The truth is, a lot of the stuff we buy is due to marketing. We see thousands of advertisements a day, and it makes an impact over time. 
Who would trade a nice retirement fund for a new car every few years? Unless we're convinced by car ads, since we're old enough to watch TV, it's something to think about, right? I'm not saying we should drive around on scooters or hike to work. I just want us to have options other than the easy way out when it comes to buying decisions. Easy, quick, and convenient are the enemies of long-term savings. Again, easy, quick, and convenient are the enemy of long-term savings. Sometimes just by giving yourself 48 hours to think about a big purchase is enough to make a better decision, even if it means you have to upgrade your truck or get a bigger boat. At least you considered alternatives and thought about what your future self and costs might be like in your golden years. All right, folks, let's talk about weather and how it affects your budget. Here in the U.S., the average cost to keep the lights on at home is $117.65. Lots of you are going to stay cool as possible in the summer, just like my friend who pays a hefty power bill in the summer for being able to hang meat in his living room at 65 degrees, and others like wearing shorts indoors in winter which requires cranking up the thermostat to a heat wave level. Saving money on utilities is easier when you live alone, because when you can't freeze the entire family out without getting voted out of the tribe, that's a problem. You have to be reasonable. Some extreme cheapos will not run their heat unless the indoor temperature dips below 60 degrees, and they try to keep the AC off until the hottest day of the year when they finally have no choice. But these people mostly live alone, not surprising, right? Good news, you don't have to dress in a snowmobile suit in January to save money on your power bill. Simply checking for drafty spots and adding some caulking can help, along with keeping your HVAC filters changed and your system maintained by a professional so it runs efficiently. And yes, one or two degrees on the thermostat isn't going to kill anyone. You just might have to be sneaky about setting it up and playing dumb when you get accused of nefarious climate changes in your home. Will cutting your utility bill down make you the next Warren Buffett? Nope, but if it saves you $235 a year, and if you invested that tiny amount each year, got, say, a 12% return, then you'd have a cool $113,000 after 35 years. Yes, it may seem like a long time, but you're already here. Might as well make the most of the opportunities available. Oh, I mentioned your HVAC services via Pro. Some folks say having anyone come over to fix anything has a, air quotes, driveway cost attached. I didn't understand the phrase for a while, but they meant it costs something just to have a service person show up to your home. Their time is valuable just like ours, right? Of course, we shouldn't dabble in electricity or heating or air systems, but there's a lot of home maintenance items that we can do that will save us driveway cost. Anyone can learn to paint if you can handle the aggravation. Most of us can stain a deck, and carpet cleaners are cheap to rent. Saving money by doing things yourself allows you to set that money aside for a rainy day, a college fund, or a second home. Again, it's not hitting the lotto to cut back on lawn care or cleaning services, but it does build the habit of watching every dollar so that you become aware of how each expense impacts you today and later on when you're no longer working for a living and are depending on savings to keep your lifestyle. Hey, I'm with you, not stepping over a dollar to pick up a dime. There are costs associated with owning your own tools to handle your own landscaping and whatnot. So you may have to do a cost analysis on how much you want to save by doing things yourself. And ladders are not for everybody, including myself. Did you know that there are 2,000 ladder-related injuries every day? So we have to choose our battles when it comes to cutting expenses. Hiring a gutter guy is much cheaper than visiting an ER. I'll just say this, 
knowing some handyman skills will save you big money over 20 years. Plus, it gives you a sense of pride being able to fix your own stuff. I use YouTube for this a lot. And nowadays, it's hard to find quality contractors who are not booked solid because the good ones always are. If a guy can come right out after you call, that might be a sign that he's not in demand for a reason. Just an FYI. See guys, I told you I wasn't going to suggest that you and your family live like Survivor Man and build tiny houses on the edge of a cliff. There are sensible ways to pile up extreme savings. It's just like investing. You have to think about it long term. Little actions and tiny steps will add up to make a big impact in the future. And as I mentioned, time is going to pass no matter what you do. So you can act now to make sure that you're ready for the day when you wake up and you are suddenly 62. Or you can just hope for the best, which is pretty scary, when it's so easy to put in the effort today, slowly. That's it, guys. Now for a quick recap. Saving is a habit anyone can build. Also, entertainment is costly, but thankfully there are tons of options that can cost less and many are free. Never cut out the family time to save money, just adjust the activities. It's who you're with, not necessarily what you're doing, that matters. Remember, groceries and household items can break the budget. A little self-control goes a long way. If you ask yourself what alternatives are available before any purchase, you'll find creative ways to save money simply by not throwing money at the problem, or things perceived as problems. The power bill can burn up your savings, but there are ways to decrease that power bill without turning your family against you for making them too hot or too cold. Do-it-yourself can save you big bucks on home repair while you invest in making your home better. Those savings can be invested in your home itself by allowing more funds for future projects. I appreciate you taking all the time to listen to the show. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and please start building the habits of saving just like we do with bad habits, one day at a time. Luckily, habits work both ways. The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision.